0: This week's episode of the Lo-Fi Top 5 is brought to you by Manscaped. Is bathing suit season, y'all. Sun's out, gun's out. That means you got to be on your self-care game. Enter Manscaped. Listen, the folks at Manscaped were cool enough to send us the Performance Package 4.0. It's got the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer for that body shave. It's got the Weed Whacker for your ear and nose. It's got the Crop Preserver ball deodorant, some toner, a pair of boxers, a travel bag... Listen, whether you need to take care of some manscaping yourself or got someone in your life who does, this is your answer. These trimmers are waterproof. They're going to make you smooth, clean, more aerodynamic for that inevitable belly flop you still do to make your friends laugh. I'm using these products myself and genuinely, I actually love them. Like way less nicks and missed spots. So much easier than messing around with razors, especially in those special bits. Uh, Manscaped is a lo-fi favorite, guys. Get 20% off at Manscaped and free shipping with promo code LOFI at manscaped.com. That's lo-fi at manscaped.com. Now, on to the episode. Happy Pride Month, Jer. Hey, hey, here we are. So before we get into the episode, I want I want to open with a disclaimer, which people who know me know that I love to preface things. So we're going to preface this whole episode. Uh, we're going to preface this whole episode by saying at the very beginning that it is not lost on us that we are two white males.
1: No, that is what we
0: are. Which is how you actually define a podcast is when there's more than two white men in the same room. Uh, so <laughs> what we're what we're doing today is we're doing the Pride episode. So we 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 are both white straight men, and so we, it is not lost on us that we are talking about this thing as a Pride episode. But I actually think we're uniquely positioned to talk about it because. The lens we're taking is the things that invited us in, taught us the most, gave us the most information, just sort of like filled us in in, in a way that we weren't able to be because it's not our world. Um, and I also right. want to, and we'll start the conversation with representation matters and like really thinking about this, dude, it's still not a deep pool. Like there's just not enough. There really isn't enough.
1: No, no it's, you know, it's clear that the tides are changing, but you know I took the lens as I was looking through a, kind of my movie history of what what basically exposed me to something new? Where did I learn about, uh, about a different section of the, of the culture of community, et cetera, or what made me appreciate what their journey might be like. And so some of them some of the picks this week aren't necessarily like uh, um, my, my learning or my appreciation is about how difficult someone's journey may or may not have been in different time frames. In history of the world and things like that, and so as a result, I also really tried to avoid anything too recent because I feel like now I live in a time where I'm 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 not fully aware because that's not really a thing, but I'm I'm fairly confident in my exposure to different stories and journeys and, and et cetera is a much more mature version of that. So I, I really tried to focus on on you know a, a time frame that's not like the past two three years. Which then really limits the pool even more.
0: Yeah, yeah, I didn't do that, but luckily, I guess there's only in my top five, there's only two that were in the past like year or two. Um, But for the most part, they're all a little bit older. So, yeah, dude, it was it was crazy. I mean, like trying to think through just like the movies that existed that I thought were representative in any in any way, and not in like a camp way specifically, like not doing like the gay best friend nonsense. Uh, right. Really limited, like basically the 90s.
1: <laughs> Actually, I'm glad you said that. I, I agreed. I, I made it so that it's not the token character right. where the joke is that they're gay, but where them being gay is part of the story in a um, uh, I don't know, constructive way, it might be, or just in a world building, not just someone to laugh at. Uh, especially, I mean, it fully rules out. I think I have nothing from the 80s at all, because that was definitely not the best time for those kind of storytelling.
0: Yeah, I have nothing from the 80s. I Every mean, The earliest movie I have is, I have one seventies, 70s and then a bunch of 90s and mostly 2000s. It's almost all 2000s.
1: Yeah, I got one from the 70s also, uh, although it's down in Pong. So the, the one movie I considered, I, I just wanted to bring it up for a second, was, uh, I don't know if you've seen Revenge of the Nerds. Yeah. Yeah, so this was like '80s, like classic '80s humor that I haven't watched since probably the '90s, and I kind of don't want to because I know that everything about it's going to be cringe. Like, for sure, they they wrong every demographic in some way. Yep. Uh, so, but but I, I was thinking about it, and there was something about Lamar's character that I I, I kind of wanted to give a little bit of a nod because on the downside, yes, he was the butt of some jokes and they sort of made, ha ha ha, he's gay kind of stuff. But at the same time he was also part of the hero Uh, he was one of the heroes of the story and like, they turned his quote weakness into a strength and so I I like that, that even back then, there was sort of a, he's not all he's not just the butt of the joke, he's also he brings value to the table and I don't mean it to be so uh, analytical but that's sort of the lens I'm trying to take for today, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, actually, that's funny. I hadn't even thought of that, but, like, immediately when you said "version of the Nerds, I'm like, oh, yeah, for sure. Like, that's definitely was, like, a, like all the bad parts of the 80s stuff, but also, right. like, a really powerful character that was required for the for the heroes to win. Like, you know, he plays right. a
1: huge role in, in the winning part of that movie. That's cool.
0: That's actually an interesting one. I, I thought. that.
1: But I couldn't justify having the movie. The movie itself has gotten so cringe at this point oh, that it's, yeah. like... Uh, you know, I appreciate that that we found it funny in its time, and let's just leave it where it was and, and move into the to the modern world, shall we?
0: Yeah, that's definitely a time capsule movie that needs to stay. Like, if you did watch it again, you have to just, like, go back to 1980-whatever, Jeremy, and be like, okay, we're just going to remember what it
1: used to be like to live. <laughs> right. That's right. And we're going to try not to be so disgusted with ourselves and the things we used to laugh at. Correct. Correct.
0: All right. So let's get going. Uh, Shawshank. So back to our very first episode, the category defining movie, because Shawshank is the most rewatchable movie of all time. I will die on that hill. Do you have a Shawshank, (laughs) my friend?
1: I don't and I predict you do.
0: I did and then moved it out of the Shawshank because of the episode. I wanted to talk about
1: it. Well, I was going to do the same actually. So I, uh, oh. but I, but I'm still pretty sure I know which one was going to be yours. We'll see. Oh, if I'm right.
0: Yeah. Of, of course you do. Is it my turn to go first? Because you can just guess what the
1: movie is. Is your turn to go first? It ain't. It's my turn to go first.
0: Okay. Well, you can guess my movie next then.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh. Uh. So my first movie, royalty, exploring arid territory. Royalty.
0: Exploring arid territory. King. Queen? Nope. Yep. Queen. I don't know this. I don't have this movie, which is fun because I figured we would just all have we'd have
1: the same like 15 movies today. (laughs) This is Adventure of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. I've never seen this. So this, I was wondering where this would be for you. I, this is from the 90s. It's got okay. a phenomenal cast. Uh, Hugo Weaving. So oh, Agent I love Smith. Hugo. Baby Agent Smith. <laughs> and and by the way, if you ever do see this movie, recognizing that for someone like me who saw this movie years before he saw The Matrix, Agent Smith was hella scary relative to this character. Okay. Um, <laughs> So it's it's uh, Hugo Weaving, it's Terrence Stamp, and it's um, Guy Pierce, oh. who was in like Iron Man three and a bunch yeah, of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So it's a great cast. It's basically two, you know, at the time it was, I think they I think they referred to themselves as cross dressers or transvestites. I'm not sure what the term they used back then. So again, just being sensitive to that, and let's just if we can agree that for the rest of the episode, if we're talking about that, we're we're in time period for all of our terminology. Yep. Um, but basically they're three um, they're three LGBTQ plus characters who are who are, uh, who, are who do the, the, the dress up show they're they're glam performers right And they're going from one part of Australia to another. I can't remember what the red herring is. I think it's to see one of the characters had had a son way back before he realized he was he was out and you know was married or one of those kind of one of those like Maybe it was an accidental pregnancy. I can't quite remember the exact nuance. But it. they they have this bus, and they wear these gorgeous outfits, and it's like real celebration of, of kind of it, – it, it's truly the first time I saw a movie where there was a – what I would call a celebration of pride, a celebration of like I want to wear these fantastic flowing garments and these big headdresses and these just like – It's almost like stuff that would have made um, Charo be jealous. It was like these crazy outfits. And it's such a good cast doing it. And of course, there's some dark moments. They almost get beat up, or I think they do get beat up outside a truck stop because they go to a truck stop a little naively. And it never takes you so far down. It's never so, so heavy. But I still remember, actually, I saw this movie with my mom, and I still remember just really watching a thing that I had had never seen before. I can still sort of picture that first time experience and being like, wow, like how, how, how nice to have that. I don't know if self-confidence is the word. I'm not exactly sure. I guess pride would probably be the word where someone's recognized. Like I want to wear this, this beautiful dress and this makeup and this wig and this thing. And there's a scene where Terrence Stamp is riding on top of the bus, wearing this like, Hundred foot long scarf or something like that, or silk, silk. Uh, I don't even know the term fabric, right? And and for me, I think this was my first, the first movie I would associate with the word pride, and so that that's why I picked it as the first one. And it would have been the one I would have Shawshank for myself uh, because I've seen it multiple times and really liked it. And I'm curious, actually, I want to watch it now and see how much does it hold up. How much would it be? Because sometimes some of these stories are accepted by the modern community and sometimes they'll look back on like that was actually doing the wrong thing. And then, unfortunately, I haven't done my research to say that. But for me, again, identifying where we are, I looked at this movie as a as a welcome uh, uh, storytelling of what a Pride lifestyle could be. And so that's, that's what I appreciated about it.
0: Cool. I like that. Yeah, I've, I've never even heard of it. Um, but what's funny is in, in researching another title – it had I like had read it and was like oh that's a movie I've never heard of so that's a yeah I'd be interested in watching that.
1: Well, watch it, you shall. Okay,
0: all right. So my right. first movie, do you just want to say what it is?
1: Uh, your first movie is The Birdcage.
0: Yep, sure is. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> so. I, I just love this movie so much, and I have talked about it. It's been in one top five list, and I've, it's been on a couple pongs for me. Uh, it's been over 25 episodes since I brought it up, so I don't feel terrible bringing it up again. I went back and looked just to make sure. Uh, but I don't know, man. It's just like the cast is wild, and Robin Williams is a genius, and Nathan Lane is a genius, and I grew up in a house. Where, like I was a ring bearer for uh, – at a wedding for my mom's best friends when I was like five that were a lesbian couple. So it was very normalized in my house. Like it was just like a thing. Um, And this movie was like one of my mom's favorite movies of all time. And it was, I think is like, if you think about 1996, like it was a brave movie in the sense that like, it just normalized like this couple. Right? Like, and they didn't like they definitely leaned into some stereotypes and stuff, and they had a you know, a nightclub and all that stuff. But I think at the time they kinda had to. But more importantly, like it was a loving family. Like this was this loving family. Yeah. Their son sucks. Uh, but outside of that, like as a as a as a loving couple, do Robin Williams and Nathan Lane in this movie are so brilliant and so beautiful and so like kind and compassionate and love each other. It was just like a really great love story about like the things that you would do. And it also like spit in the face of conservatives that were like anti-gay, which in 96, there was a fair amount. Um, So it's just a, it's a brilliant movie. And most importantly, Hank Azaria, like Hank Azaria in this movie is so funny and so horrible and just so brilliant. And my sister and I, every time someone even remotely starts to trip, we will both do. I do not wear shoes for they make me fall down. It's just such a good movie. (laughs) And it's such a celebration of, like, character, and it was unapologetically out, and it was great, and I think it's like a – like, that movie holds up to today's standards, which is – have gotten way, way different, and that movie still is brilliant as far as I'm concerned.
1: Well, I, I'm glad you brought it up. I had it on the, I don't need to put it on my list because JT will, right. obviously. yep. But I actually have rewatched this somewhere in the past 25 weeks because I know the last time you brought it up, I had said, I've got to rewatch this. And then I did. And all I could think what, rewatching it is, first of all, I had not remembered the ending whatsoever. Uh, I, I had remembered h- far more conflict than there actually was in the movie. Okay. Like far more. Uh, and I agree, by the way, it massively holds up. I think that you could, other than there's no like cell phones in the internet that movie plays today. like that yep. is a that is the same storyline. There are still the Gene Hackmans and and about two hundred of them, apparently that <laughs> uh, <laughs> that would have this uh, this same journey. So great pick, totally agreed. Uh, I'm really glad I rewatched it actually because, I still maintain it's, look, it's, it's not the best comedy, etc. Oh. In fact, other than Hank Azari, I'd argue that almost everybody in it has another performance that's even better, but the, the overall of it, it's, it's sort of just, again, it's, you know, it's not going to go into my, like, it's just a nice movie category because it's more than that, but it, but it also sort of is, it's, it's, it's a good story. Yep. Good acting, good cast, fun jokes, could there are there funnier things? Sure. Is it solid? Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. It's not it's not a movie that you have to turn on, but it's a mer- it's a movie that if it's on, you shouldn't turn it off. It's like right in that, it's right in that middle part where it's a brilliant, brilliant movie, but like also like I could see I, I don't think people are like, oh you know
1: what? Let's watch the birdcage. <laughs> right. That's right. Um what was the last time you've actually seen it though? Oh, I watch it at least once a year. Nice.
0: So I've seen it within like the past like probably eight months. I, I really do love that movie. It's just such a it's
1: like a it's a nostalgic thing for me at this point. I might I I'll probably add it more into the rotation after after the rewatch. So I'm gonna say that I'm just sticking in the 90s for a moment. Okay. And for this one, I'll say Ways to Go Through Doors. Oh encompassed and not
0: encompassed is what I said. This was a hard one, I think in and out in and out. Yeah. Yeah. This is a my, this
1: is a contender pong for me. Okay. So this is a movie that I've seen just the once to be honest. I saw it when it first came out. I love Kevin Klein. He's the best. I can't. <laughs> yeah. Like Kevin Klein to me is one of those actors that if I were the kind of person that when actors are in things, I just see everything they do. He would probably be in my top five list. If I were that, if I had that, Kind of mindset, he'd he'd make the he'd make the cut for sure. He's, I think, one of those actors. I think he's totally underrated. I think he could play just about any role. To me, he's JT. You're more a sports guy than me. Who's the who is the hands down best utility infielder of all time? Ooh, utility
0: infielder. That's a good. That's actually a tough question, just because shortstop is such as was. It's a Jeter like Jeter could have played anywhere. A Rod, A Rod actually did play everywhere. So A Rod's a good example.
1: I think Kevin Klein may well be a Jeter slash a Rod actor. You know, I could see him leading man. I could see him, Kendley, I could see him in an action thriller. Like I, I could picture him in in The Fugitive, for example, or a movie like that. I could maybe not a Mission Impossible, but you know, I think he could he could play a bunch of the roles. Actually, I just saw the uh, Nobody with um, the guy, uh, Odenkirk. Oh yeah, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah. So. Kevin Klein could totally play roles like that if he wanted to, all the way to romantic leading man, all the way to comic, all the way to this character. And the thing that I wanted to bring up about this movie is this was really the first mainstream comedy where where the movie itself was almost like openly gay, right? Like they're, they're, they they promoted it like the point of this movie is you're going to see your the male lead character is is gay. And they had never made a movie like that before. Even, you know, Priscilla's more of an indie film anyway. So there. So even though there had been gay roles and there and and there had been other movies with more prominent gay characters, this is the first time where you're like, oh, th- this is going to be a movie about gay people. And it's interesting because now you would never do that, right? You would never be like, guess what? We're making a comedy about a gay man, right? Like that's, you'd just be like, well, that's just called a comedy, right? Like, but at the time... It mattered so much, and again, thanks to your very nice intro to the whole episode. As as a straight white male guy watching this movie, as a fan of Kevin Klein, I, I you know I couldn't help but think like how the same way it's so great that now we have like Ms. Marvel's a Muslim girl, and we have all these different genres, of, not genres, groups of people who get to have their heroes. I I've got to imagine this. Hopefully, must have been just so. Um, So, so welcoming and accepting to so many gay men who, who have probably lived lives like these characters and never got to talk about it and never had their story told and never got to see someone like them on screen as the hero, as the protagonist. And granted, it's just a comedy. So it's not, it's not like the biggest, you know, character arc or villain quest or whatever, but still that representation as like, a, a main box office draw kind of movie, uh, and I think it, I think this movie really really mattered. So that's 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 how it made. Unfortunately, it's really not the funniest movie. It, it's 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 not Kevin Klein's greatest performance. Matt Dillon. I mean, the cast is amazing. John Cusack, Bob Newhart. It it. I'll be honest. As a movie, it's okay. But as well, yeah, as what it meant, you know, a triple plus.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. Yeah, Kevin Kline's the best. I love him. Uh, I even loved him in a movie that you absolutely can't stand, which came out around the same time with Will Smith. Wild Wild West. He was so good in Wild Wild West. That movie is such trash, but he was so good in it. Um, oh. It's funny. Like, well, he had his day with King's Speech, which is great. Um, but also, like, I, I can't believe he hasn't found his way into like The Kingsman. Like, when they did the American version, like, they used mm-hmm. Jeff Bridges, which is great because Jeff Bridges is brilliant. But, like, he totally, I thought, would have been great in that. Like, he would have been perfect in that. I love Kevin Klein; He's great. And this is a very – this has, like, all of the 90s feels, like, as a movie. Oh, like yeah. all the, it's, like, a very placed squarely in the 90s sort of – like, this movie would have had a laugh track if they let it. Like it's, right. it has that kind of feel, but it's good. It's a fun movie, though. It's a fun movie, and I do think I agree. Like the reason it was in Contender Pong for me is because I don't remember it all that well, but like I remember two or three scenes from it, and he's brilliant. So great pick. Did you uh, do you watch Bob's Burgers? Uh, not not as much as I should. Not as much
1: as I should. He's a small recurring part that uh, I love that that whenever he's on, and he's so perfect in this part. I can't just dis- like it just. it's almost like they were like, Hey, Kevin Klein, we want you in our show. What kind of part do you want? What do you want to be? And he's like, I'll be this. And they're like, here you go. That's great. I love stuff like that.
0: That's great. Yeah. Uh, Okay. I'm going to move to the most obvious pick. I think other than the birdcage for me, uh, which the, my, my guessing words will be cracked rear Alps.
1: What was the last word? Sorry. Alps. Mountain. Oh, yeah. so well, it's funny. I had a different pick for you. What I thought was going to be your number two. So that's Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. So a
0: couple things. As a film, it's so beautiful. Ang Lee, like it's just, it's so gorgeous. Like this movie is visually just so pretty. It's Ang Lee, like it's just so beautifully shot. Now on to the subject matter, like this you want to talk about like representation mattering, like this movie, I like, I remember, and maybe it's this, this is definitely like my millennialdom showing up, but like, this was 2005. Like I remember this being a big deal, like Westboro Baptist church, like protesting and that whole nonsense. And like a bunch of people being outraged about it. Like, you know, this is a, there's a, there's a sex scene and it was like, it broke a lot of people's brains because they showed it. And it was, it was an intense scene. And it was beautifully acted. Hall and you know Heath Ledger were so good in this. Um, and it also spoke to like you know family dynamics and being closeted in a place where like the world wasn't accepting yet, and they were in a place in the world that was even less so. And right. it's a love story, and it's like a really heartbreaking, heartbreaking love story. And it's a beautiful movie. Like it's a beautiful movie. It's a tragic movie. It's not fun. It's not funny. It's super sad. Uh, but I also think, you know, back to that idea of like putting real stories out in the world and letting people see what it was like, like, this is one of those movies that I feel and this is coming from a place of, of privilege and not having any of this stuff happen in my life. But like, I cannot imagine being a person who was, you know, bigoted and, and kind of like just not great about that lifestyle, which I don't like calling it a lifestyle, but whatever, um. And watching this movie and seeing the hurt and pain that, that these these two actors so beautifully portrayed, and then walking out of the movie feeling good about yourself. Like this movie, I feel like had to change somebody. Like somebody walked out of that theater and went, no, I'm not going to be like that anymore. I, not, I like that. It was such a gripping version of what happens when you're a like a not great person. I don't know. I just think it was like, it's a it's a really, really beautiful film.
1: Yeah, I, I hear what you're saying. My my general assumption is that the people who are that way wouldn't actually think that because that's part of why they are that way. But what do I know? And I just want to focus on the good people who are yeah. accepting and etc. Yeah. I just so I really do.
0: Like I would be interested to know. Like I feel like this is one of those movies that could have changed somebody. Like I bet if I interneted Broke Mountain changed my opinion. Like this movie was shot, I think, with great intentionality to show you the bad part. It wasn't a celebration. It was a It's a horror story, right? Like, it's a really hard movie to watch because it's sad, man. Like, it's a bummer. Right. And they don't cloud it with comedy, and they don't make it worthwhile, and they don't show people living in their truth. It's the opposite. Like, its it's what a lot of people were going through, and it's brutal, man. It's brutal, and it's so beautifully done. And back to the beginning of the episode for us, right? Like, it was impactful. Like I remember watching it going like, oh gosh. Like, you know, it was very much a part of my life. Like I grew up around a lot of people who were in the community and it was fun. And like I, I it, it even for me, it was shocking. I was like, oh, this sucks, dude. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> like this sucks. I don't like this. So broke back mountain. <laughs> well, well said. Yeah. I, I I'm sure it has affected some people. Like everything affects, you know, the good news is that even, even if it only is like one person per community, it's that one, right? Yep. So yeah, the thing that always makes me sad about thoughts like that is there was that story. I can't remember what her name was, but the wife of the former treasury guy uh, basically was taken around where where all those migrant camps were on on the in Arizona and was asked something like, do you think we should treat these people better? And she was like, no. And it was like seeing people living in cages and stuff. And you're like, Oh, so I guess bad people truly are just bad people. And that's yeah. that.
0: It's Some like, bad people are just I, bad people.
1: Yeah. I like to have hopes, but you know, let's let's stay hopeful. But this next movie actually is gonna be another heavy one. I'm gonna follow your heavy with my heavy. Okay. And uh I have nothing too clever other than cream cheese? Cream cheese. Cream cheese.
0: Oh, breakfast liquid?
1: No. Hmm. Cream cheese. I don't know. Uh, I'll add the word steak to the end then.
0: Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, Philadelphia.
1: There you go. Cream cheese steak. <laughs> what oh, Philadelphia, Philadelphia
0: cream cheese. Oh, my God. Okay, like literally that that took me forever to put that together. It just didn't – I'm sorry. That was a good clue and
1: I'm an idiot. That's okay. <laughs> you, your kids aren't yet at the bagel and cream cheese for lunch almost every day stage, so – Uh, we're, we're an
0: everything bagel house, man. Uh, Almost every morning somebody's having an everything bagel with cream cheese. So yeah, I should have, but we, we don't buy the, okay. It's
1: a a great, I'm an idiot. Just go ahead. (laughs) Philadelphia is actually our backup brand. We like the organic stuff, but, uh, if you didn't know this, by the way, it's called Philadelphia because it was popular. They were trying to give it a more classy name and had nothing to do with Philadelphia at the time, whenever the company was being named, that was, was a very classy city, uh, and that's they, they wanted it to be like conveyed with that kind of that kind of brand, but it was oh. being produced not in Philadelphia. So today, today so, I learned fun little trivia. So this is a heavy movie. Yep, you know, and this I would argue had had is on par with Impact. And again, having done a little research, but this is up there with like Magic Johnson, kind of for hey, this AIDS thing matters and look what it's yeah. doing to people and between Denzel Tom Hanks and and ben, Antonio Banderas like just what performances what real isms you, you you had the you know they show the callousness they show the harshness and I think for me that was that was kind of what this movie's the wake up to is like oh you know you're Actually, it's funny. I was listening to this uh, this mindfulness thing this morning on how how much the impact is if you are not in whatever the majority class of wherever you live is.
0: Yeah,
1: right. And again, to to your comment, without going too deep, but like we 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 happen to be in the ruling class, for lack of a better word, of of this culture, whether we like it or not. this was one of those movies where you're like, oh, yeah, I could see that if you're not in that kind of mainstream norm core classification of the world, you don't get the same treatment, right? And so seeing Tom Hanks, you know, not getting the same treatment, not, you know, the moment that it's AIDS and the moment that he's it's gay, it's just this, like, for me, I think there's a sort of ripping off the band-aid of like, oh, that's not the same as when I go in for my... Allergy test or whatever completely facile thing I have to deal with in life, you know. So it was, it was, it was heavy. I've only seen the movie the once because it's just so you know, it's one of those movies you you just don't want to see that many times. I can respect and appreciate it, but this was again a like wrap, you know, two hours of good learning and exposure and and I think it, I don't know if it holds up a storytelling, but I would wager that it's a movie that should be rewatched you know, not necessarily at like a Schindler list kind of level. I don't want to quite put it there, but real close. Like if you want a better understanding of what it must've been like to be, you know, in the early nineties, late eighties, where there's this disease nobody knows about it's being labeled and stereotyped. The people who are getting it are still not, they are second class citizens, at least in this country, if not most of the world, like it's a, it's an important, it's an important time frame. To remember from these angles as well, I guess is the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, I think that's really well said. So this movie was in contender pong for me only because I have not seen it in a long time. And to be, if I'm being honest, the thing that sticks out to me more than anything else is actually is sorry, my dog is barking. I can't stop that. Uh, is, we love
1: dogs. Your dog can bark all day, JT. Uh, the thing that stands
0: out to me more than anything from this movie is actually Tom Hanks' acceptance speech at the Oscars. That's the thing that I remember the most from this. Uh, and the and then obviously the courtroom scene with, with Denzel, like the end courtroom scene is amazing. But it's, it's yeah, it, it, like I, I think you're right. I think your Schindler comparison is probably, probably spot on, right? Like it's one of those movies that like when they do the history of like how we got to where we are, this is one of those like referential like, hey, watch that. And that'll tell you most yeah. of the story better
1: than a book would because it's really emotional. Uh, beautiful performance, great movie. I think the other, I, I agreed. And I think the other thing that happens in this movie is there's a couple of those scenes where you're seeing, you're seeing sort of gay jokes, right? And you're seeing them from that angle that makes you, like, again, the world was a different place. I think this is that movie that you watched and you're like, oh, like, yeah, that's enough. really not funny. Like, yeah, yuck. You, know, you move, <laughs> yeah. yeah, you move out of like, are we making fun of people into, oh my gosh, what are we doing? Like, as yeah. a society kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, I'm going to do one more heavy one, and then the rest of my list gets a little bit lighter for the most part. Um, So I've talked about this on on the podcast before, and you've not seen it. Uh, Parents, brother, Zappa.
1: Parents. Or parent, brother. brother. Yep. Parent brother, Zappa. Yep. Parents. So Zappa to me is either Frank or Moon. First one, Frank. So, oh, this is yeah, 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 Uncle Frank. Uncle yeah, Frank.
0: there you go. Yeah, Paul Bettany.
1: See, so yeah, I listen. So,
0: first of all, I cannot recommend this movie enough. I have it came out in 2020, and I've seen it twice. And if somebody today was like, "Hey, let's watch Uncle Frank," i be like, "Okay." The the what I'll tell you is the storyline without giving any of the points away. Uh, Uncle Frank in the seventies was a he's a gay man, and through a series of events that becomes known to his family. And Paul Bettany is amazing in this movie; is absolutely amazing. And it's about love and loss and being closeted and then being uncloseted. And it is a really powerful movie because it is set in a time when that was not a thing. And so you get to see his family react to it and they they all react differently. And he's a grown man. Like this is not like a kid thing. Like this is a very it's a, it's actually a very funny movie. There's a lot of really fun moments in it. Um but sort of like the have to laugh at, like, you know what I mean? Like you have to laugh at life because otherwise it's really depressing. Uh, there's a lot, there's a very serious undertone to it, but like, it's just a beautifully made movie, uh, great cast. And I think one of those like really important stories, because again, it's, it's sort of like in a much different way than Philadelphia, not nearly in the same way, but kind of like it puts you back in a period of time where some things that are now becoming, normalized and accepted thankfully uh it wasn't and you have to watch this like really educated really smart really successful person deal with like who he is not being excited it's really sad like it's really really sad and it's really thoughtful the way they do it and it's great and it's just one of those things where again i think like kids would watch it today and be like oh that's horrible like why why (laughs) was that a thing uh, which is good. Like I think it's important to have a memory of where all that stuff came from. So
1: please watch this movie. It's so good. It's also just like a really beautifully done film. Nice. I uh, I will try to re. I think this on my. I know it's in my list somewhere. So it, with you know about three hundred other things, will sooner or later get watched. Sure. My next one is my last sort of heavy one for the list. It's the. <laughs> I'm going to go with copying monopoly
0: copying monopoly uh
1: do not pass go do not collect 200 dollars maybe mimicking monopoly would have been slightly better mimicking monopoly i really don't know what this is this is the imitation game oh okay so i have
0: this in fast 5 imitation why i don't know if i get the clue
1: Imitation, copying, Monopoly's a game. Now
0: I get it. I'm having a bad day.
1: (laughs) Or they're bad clues. The
0: truth lies (laughs) somewhere between. I think it's me. I had this in Fast Five. Yeah, this is good. All right, go on.
1: So for me, this is, again, the... uh, I I have this here specifically around personal awareness. You know, I, I just didn't know... Like, we all knew that in the past... This entire community was at best ostracized, at worst terrorized. Yeah. And this is an interesting one because it really takes a absolute hero and shows their journey that that was not received quite so heroically. And And if you ever need the, how bad can humans be? It's the, this guy just literally saved the country or the work he did is highly correlated to you know the successful defense of the British Empire yep right and then basically they were pretty fine with him just dying like yeah. that's that to me is the whoa like you know it what have you done for me lately like I mean the, the, it's it's awful it's just an awful awful story. And it's important, and it's important from so many angles. Because one of the things that's so great about this movie, not only are all the performances great, and it's telling an important story. There also is a lot of credit where credits do happening in this movie. So there's reference to Bletchley Park and the women who are so important to the to the solution, and Turing himself, who Cumberbatch portrays phenomenally. So it good. is yes, so good. Yeah. Up, it is up there with, and I will make a weird comparison. It's up there with Pirates of the Caribbean of the only two performances of Keira Knightley's that I truly adore.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was, I was actually going to say the under, like, so Mark Strong is was also amazing in this. I thought Mark Strong was he's, so good in this. He's great. He's so good. I wish he worked more. Well, he does work. I just, work, I wish he got
1: more stuff. Wait, I got it. I got it. Ready for the, ready for what we want? Yes. Brought to you by the low five, top five. Starring Mark Strong and Clive Owen.
0: Oh yeah, anything, anything Literally, at all, anything, anything, anything yep. at all. I want okay. that so bad. Yeah, Keira Knightley for me was like it was like low key Oscar worthy performance in this. I thought she was brilliant. I thought she was brilliant yeah. in this movie.
1: And I don't love her. I think she's fine in like in a, what's it called Love Actually. Yeah, I, I she's sort of. I think she tried to get away from it in Domino did a decent job. I think she actually does have range. Maybe she just doesn't get cast in parts with range. I don't know what it is. She's in my, I want to like her even more, but I just sort of don't. Um, but agreed, She was phenomenal in this movie.
0: Yeah. She was really good in Atonement. I think the thing, Kira Knightley, I honestly think kind of suffers from being like too pretty. Like she's like striking. And I think that like, she needs to do like a Charlize Theron monster thing to be like, just let me act, please. Because like, she can really act. like <laughs> She's very good. But she always winds up in these like, you know, she gets, she's typecasted, man. She's like, she's gorgeous. And they're just like, hey, you're pretty first. It's like, no, she's not. She's more. Uh, but yeah, this is actually, I'm like, and I'll admit this embarrassingly, like I didn't know a lot of the Turing stuff. Like I knew who he was, obviously. Like I knew a lot about who, what he did. But all of his personal stuff was kind of like, I never read the book. I didn't do any of that. And so, like, watching this was, like, really hard. I was like, oh, this sucks. And then also the fact that, like, it's not – maybe it was for other people. But, like, in my world, like, he would come up, but they didn't talk about, like, the tragedy that was his personal life. It was always just like, oh, yeah, Alan Turner was this, like, brilliant guy, mathematician dude who fixed this thing. They're not like, oh, and by the way, like, we basically let him kill himself. Like, we almost drove him to suicide. Like, oh, that's part of – that's a big part of the story, I think. Like, you should probably – that should be included. Yeah. <laughs>
1: that's the, uh, right. Like, and, and that's the interesting thing. And I think that's part of, part of the struggle of our time is those, those we've got to stop sanitizing some of these stories. Yep. Right. And for sure. And we're clearly seeing that struggle, at least in this country. And hopefully, hopefully not too much longer, but, um, let's move on.
0: Okay. To next one, a little bit lighter, and then I'll, I'll end with my lightest one. All right. So five words or well, four words,
1: technically. Children doing just fine. Oh, the kids are all right. Yeah. Did you see this movie? I did. And I'll be honest. It, it, I, I knew it was up for consideration. And, and I went, re- I, I did a quick like rereading of the synopsis. I was like, no, I didn't like this movie. So I'm not putting it on my list just because of topic. Interesting.
0: So, okay. So I actually did like this movie because I thought it was, um, it was lighthearted, but it was fun. Um, also hit close to home in the sense. So I grew up with a kid who had a very similar situation to this where like, uh, mom was married for a long time and then, uh, fell in love with a woman and sort of like, you know, lived on my block. Like he was a neighborhood kid. Like I actually still am in touch with him. He's a, he's a great dude. So it was like, I I thought this one for me, the reason I wanted it in the top five, it's an okay movie. There's some really funny stuff. I mean, Annette Bening and Julianne Moore, hilarious. Mark Ruffalo is great. Uh, but the reason I wanted it is because like, I thought this told a interesting, it's a, it's an interesting family dynamic that doesn't get explored a lot. And I thought it did a, it felt like it did a, a just job of sort of showing the, some of the in- intricacies of this kind of family structure. And I always like, you know, because of my background, I always like when people sort of explore different family structures and how families are made and how they, like, they come together. And I, I like when they, do that, uh, And in this sense, I actually thought they did a pretty good job. And it was like lighthearted, but also impactful, right? Like it showed, again, like real struggles in marriage and that, you know, it kind of normalized the fact that this is like not different. Like they're it's not a different lifestyle. It's the same lifestyle. Like you're still, it's still Taco Tuesday and put the trash out. Like they don't <laughs> live in some weird world. Like it's the same stuff. And I thought they did a really good job. And it's also baby Josh Hutcherson who's great. I actually think it's a really fun movie. I thought it was like a, a nice version of a different kind of representation because I don't know that this story gets told a lot. Back to the beginning, right? Representation matters. Like there's not a whole lot of these versions, right? Of like my mom's or my dad's that right. aren't done terribly.
1: Fully <laughs> totally agree that I just didn't like, this is one of those, the agree, the premise, the story, having more of these good. I honestly, I was just, I just went to reread the synopsis to be like, what was it about this? and like Be honest, I just really didn't like basically the story. Like, yeah, I didn't, and I didn't like the writing. I liked the premise and I liked the cast very much, phenomenal cast. Yes, but I I went to check check this out. I dislike this movie so much. I gave it a two. Wow, that's low low for Jeremy. You don't you don't hand those out a lot. I know. So that to me represents something in this movie happened that I found to our one of our favorite words. One uh, something hap- must have occurred in this movie that I found to be exceptionally hinky. There must have been some plot device or – is there?
0: The, yeah, so the one part of this movie that is genuinely problematic is that Julianne Moore sleeps with Mark Ruffalo. And it's kind of like, that's not how that works.
1: Maybe, maybe that I – I honestly can't remember. But for me to give a movie under a five, it means there's some bad. basic – there's actually no I, I penalize movies <laughs> I penalize movies that get too hinky when there's like something like that where I'm like there's absolutely no way that character does that thing and that thing is super central to the plot like a good example is the idiot plot moment in Shrek is when the uh, when the princess overhears Shrek and Donkey talking right It's an idiot plot moment. But it's also plausible that she, not knowing them well, could have overheard something, dot, dot, dot. So I don't like it, but I sort of accepted the journey. Whatever happens in the movie where it's like, I don't like it, I don't accept it, and it is core to the story moving along, I'm like, no. So it probably didn't deserve the two, but that's what I I gave it.
0: I I like when you're (laughs) strong. I like when you – I like your strong opinions.
1: (laughs) Thanks, buddy. Strong. What's the strong opinions? Strong convictions, loosely held. Yes. That's right. right. That's the thing. Yeah. All right. For my last one of the top five, I'm going to give you. Uh, let's go with. I had a couple of these written down. Greatest of performance.
0: Greatest of performance. Greatest of performance.
1: Performance might have been the wrong word. I don't know. I don't know. I don't Spectacle. know. Spectacle. This is best in show.
0: Oh man. Christopher Guess. How did I miss that? I totally forgot about this movie.
1: So Best in Show is not one, but two different couples, yeah. uh a lesbian couple and a gay couple. And what I like about this is that they are so normalized and part of the story. Like this is basically the opposite of the Priscilla story where now we are 20 years later, and not 20 years later, movies filmed only a few years later. But it's like, yeah, these are people. This is how they live. This is, you know, and they have their little eccentricities. And uh, I know I never remember the name of the actor, but the guy who plays Corky is it Corky who's like. The super precise with all the outfits he wears, like, he yeah. has this walk. Oh, gosh, I can't remember the actor's name. I love him because he's in all of guest stuff. He was a great bit in the rest of development. as Wayne Jarvis. Anyhow, the whole, uh, you know, Jane Lynch in, in her in, as the trainer. I mean, it's so well done, and they do the right version of acceptance slash joking, right? Like, I don't remember the exact phrase, but basically part of the whole thing about humor working is when they, when, if if you're accepted, the jokes are okay, right? It's part of why humor's gotten so dicey today is all of a sudden we look around and like, oh, maybe not all these people are as accepted as we thought they were. So making these jokes is is sort of not working. Uh, As far as humor in general, right? Like making fun of anybody these days has become, you know, your, your blank shaming for whatever they are, right? Like... Oh, ah, he's got too big a forehead. Yeah, <laughs> we're five head shaming. You know, um, this movie, I think, those does it perfectly. It's like, we're, of course, we're accepting these 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 gay lifestyles. Of course, they are. Of course, they're normal people. Of course, they're living, loving, happy, fun lives, making fun jokes. And this movie's so great in 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 every way that I think having telling those four characters' stories the way they did is just really additive to how this overall movie rolls. Yeah,
0: this is a great pick. Well said, and I'm, I'm bummed out I missed it.
1: All good. I always share with you, buddy. Yeah. Is it Bob Balabon? Bob Balabon, yeah. Yeah, I love him. He's the only oh, – for- every
0: time I hear Christopher Guest, that's the name that comes to my head because he just has like a fun name to say.
1: He's got a great name to say. And I will tell you, throughout the 90s, because of his uh, cameo or or bit parts in Seinfeld as the NBC exec – I still think of him as like Bob Al- Bob Balaban is actually an NBC executive somewhere. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs>
0: nice. <laughs> All right. My last one uh, is very recent.
1: Uh, Adore Garfunkel partner. You probably didn't see this. Love, Simon. I have not seen it. It's actually on my list to, to see, but I have not seen it yet. Okay.
0: So I don't want to say too much about it. Um, it's... So Nick Robinson, by the way, was so good in this. Like, I really liked him. I hope he does more work. Like, he was very, very talented. Um, it's a really, really it's, – it's a modern day sort of terrifying love story. And it's just it's, – <laughs> it, it is. Like, it's like I cannot imagine – I don't know, man. Like, I you know, I can't imagine doing this now. Like, I can't imagine having to, like, do dating and finding yourself and all that stuff, like, now – Because, like, I had the internet, but, like, I had the internet on dial-up. You know what I mean? Like, I I remember the AOL sound. So, like, it was there, but, like, social media wasn't the thing. Like, having to do that now, Love, Simon is a really, really fun and clever and exciting exploration of that. Um, And it's just really really thoughtful, and it's very sweet. It's a very, very, very sweet movie. Um, But it also tackles some, like, you know, some real stuff. Like, it tackles some, like, really hard things that, you know, specifically members of the LGBTQ community would have to go through, um, which is, you know, it's, it's, it's it was, it was enlightening. It was like kind of a thing that unlocked new fears for me, for my kids. So it was very good. It's a, it's a great, you should watch it. It's, this is like totally good with the kids too. Like this is a good like watching oh, yeah. with the kids because there's some, yeah, there's lessons in this um, that are not like hammer and nail. Like there's some like really subtle messages and then there's like a cut there's one big straightforward message, which is like really good. It's great. It's
1: a good movie. Nice, nice. Well, I think we're at our pong, uh, pong time. We are. All right. Uh, well, I already had. So I'll just well, I'll move it to the bottom of the list. Okay. So top now will be across the United States. Don't know. Trans America. Never thought. So it's Felicity Huffman. She's amazing in it it was definitely the first mainstream movie with a with a transgender character and just as a personal it's it's a brilliant movie a little a little heartbreaking a little tough but but great funny thing though for me is one night my wife and i were you know we we're just pre, pre-kids we, you know we watched we, we still watch tons of movies and everything but i remember i was chatting with my mom and asking for any recommendations we were looking for like I think we had either a rom-com or something lighthearted. And she had suggested Transamerica. And we're like, okay. So we go in, and, and it's clearly going to be about a, a, a transgender character. And we go into it expecting it to be like, you know, maybe Priscilla-like, maybe this lighthearted, you know, road trip journey. It's super heavy. It's not a comedy. Because let's be, you know, we said this before, but a, a if the genre is two things... If one of them is comedy and the other is something else, it's the other. So if it's a comedy <laughs> drama, it's a drama that might make you laugh from time to time. Right. Right. A comedy thriller is a thriller with some fun jokes, you know. So this is, at best, a drama comedy because there are some fun jokes, but it was not quite the lighthearted rom-com evening. I think the this is going to go up there in our, uh, our our worst date night expectation setting uh, since breakfast at Tiffany's. Oh boy. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay.
0: All right. Uh, breakfast pastry, young female.
1: Breakfast pastry. Is this Danish something? Yeah. The Danish girl with Eddie Redmond. The Danish girl.
0: Did you see I this? never saw this one. Nope. Oh, it's good. It's good. So this is like a early exploration twenty fifteen right? Early exploration of somebody from the early nineteen hundreds who transitions and oh. is still in love with their partner who's female, and it's beautiful and real, depressing and sad. And Eddie Redmayne is
1: such a good actor. I yeah. it's yeah. I like Eddie Redmayne. I haven't seen. It's really good. So, slow song in an Alabama evening. I, I, lo-
0: I love this clue. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I like it a
1: lot. But it's missing some of the clues. Slow song person Alabama evening.
0: What does Alabama evening mean? I love this.
1: I'm I'm, completely lost, but... I I might be wrong about Alabama then. So, Slow Song is a... Ballad? Yes. Ballad of... Somebody Somebody. I can't think of. Evenings. Let's go to the last word. Night? Uh Uh-huh. Maybe it's not Alabama. Maybe it's Georgia. I don't know. It's somewhere down there. I should have done my homework. I think it's Alabama
0: ballad of somebody night Cloud uh, the night. ballad of Ricky Bobby
1: <laughs> <laughs> and we'll do Sasha
0: we'll, Burr-
1: <laughs> that's the one <laughs> and this goes to that other extreme where it's like now we're so accepting of it that we're just making ludicrous fun of it and having a great time
0: oh man didn't see that coming at all that's hysterical well done
1: well done, good for Is you. Is Bama right? Was I right about that? Yeah, Talladega's Alabama. Okay, phew. Yeah, you know I was like, oh I'm maybe, maybe get I'm getting that part wrong because I thought that would be the biggest clue.
0: No, honestly, like you could have basically told me the movie and I wouldn't have gotten this because I was there's just no way that I was thinking in a Pride episode you're going to bring up Talladega Nights. But you you should have, and it's great. And I love this pick. That's brilliant. Oh, that's hysterical. I almost don't want to do anything else. I feel like we should end with that, but we'll keep going. All right, very quickly. <laughs> uh, so breakfast liquid. Oh, milk! Yeah, it's just a really impactful story. It was beautifully played by Sean Penn. It's a great—I mean, it's like you know. Again, this is like more of a historical thing. Like you should just watch it so you know the story of milk. Like I very milk. good. It's, it's an important story. Uh,
1: canine between noon and six p.m. Dog between
0: noon and six. D- dog work. <laughs>
1: dog day oh. afternoon. Uh, okay. Never seen that. It's, it's Pacino, Frank Casale, Chris oh. Sarandon. So Chris Sarandon is uh, from, he's the, he's the bad guy, Princess Bride. Yep. So in this movie, Chris Sarandon and Al Pacino are lovers. Al Pacino is basically robbing a bank to get money to pay for a trans uh, an operation. Oh. And yeah. And so that's actually, and it's based on the true story and came out in the 70s. It is a phenomenal movie. Uh, there, there's, I mean, Pacino's performance is great. And again, I think it treats a topic that's, you know, a little, at the time in particular, was extremely dicey and treated treated it well, gave it, you know, re- respect to the characters, not, um, you know, it, it's kind of weird. It's almost like ha- surprising that a movie that old would would handle the topic as well as it does. So, uh and again, just Pacino, Pacino, Pacino. Yeah, that's great.
0: All right. Well, staying somewhat in a similar vein, uh, Young Men Without Tears.
1: Boys Don't Cry. Hillary Swank. Yeah. Never saw it.
0: So I've seen it once. And the only reason it's not in my top five is because I think I saw it like in 2001. It came out in like 99. And so my memory of it is not strong enough to talk about it a ton. However, I remember at the time being like, "Oh, so we're like this is just like a fully blown trans movie." Like, and, and it is, and it's intense, and it's. I remember it being really good, but I, I can't, I can't speak to it.
1: So, no worries. I remember this coming out and everybody talking about how incredibly heavy it was. It's real heavy, and yeah, and this was basically at that time where I had sort of stopped watching most heavy movies, so that was the only reason I never saw it. So. But Hillary Franks supposed to be great in that. Oh god. I, that that's the
0: only thing that I remember about that movie specifically is how good she was. Nice.
1: And for my last one, think gonna be long long time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. And I think it's gonna be a long, long oh, rocket time. man. Rocket I didn't see it yet. Oh, it's very good uh, I, I, I in every way. And I, I, again, I think so much of this is his personal journey and a lot of his relationships. And, you know, again, uh, just an, an awareness that that I had not previously had. And I think, again, treating the subject material very well. And man, do I love Elton. So uh, what's his name? Can Sing, by the way. Tyler Egerton, I think his name is.
0: Like Taran. Taran. I love that kid. He's in the movies. He's in the Sing
1: franchise, too. He's great. He's great. Well, the story of this movie is that because in the Sing franchise, he covered I'm Still Standing. Yep. That's how he got to meet Elton. And that's how they made the movie, which is so sick. Yeah, it's sick. Yeah. You got to watch this one to the very end, though. There's a scene where they, they recreate the I'm Still Standing video from the 80s. Yeah. Frame for frame. Oh, dope. Okay. I yeah.
0: this so my mom kind of was like, she just didn't like it. And I really trust her in movies. And she's like, I don't know. She's like, she's I did not like this movie. So I, I've kind of like not watched it because of her recommendation. But it's it's on my list of things that I know I will eventually see.
1: What what I would say is it's not in a lot of ways, it's not really the Elton story I wanted. Right. But it's it's the Elton story I got. And it's a good one. <laughs> Right. It's a really really good one and it's an awareness that the, of of his heart the harder parts of his career but it uh, I, I understand why it's not as likable a movie because it's just not it's it's less fun than say bohemian Rhapsody is pretty fun yeah, rock a agree. little yeah rockman's a little darker. And deals a bit more into his drug problems and and, and those kinds of things. Okay. But I think it's I think you'll I I think you will like it. I think this is one of those cases where you and your mom might not agree on the same movie.
0: It's happened. All right, my last one. Uh, I wonder if you've seen this. This is definitely more in your world than my world, but this might have been during the time where you weren't watching movies like this. So, uh, personal Midwestern state.
1: I'm guessing this is my own private Idaho. That's correct. Never saw it. <laughs> okay, so this is um Keanu
0: and River Phoenix, Gus yep. Van Zandt, and just a really good it's like a it's a it's a Gus Van Zandt movie. Like it's all the things that you would expect it to be. It's all those things.
1: Nice. Yeah, this I believe this is what, midnight, like ninety-five-ish? Ninety-one,
0: I think. Ninety one
1: early. This is probably about when I'm working in a video store and seeing Almost everything coming out, but I don't know why I didn't see this one because I did. I think it must have been a little too soon, like a little, little before. By the time it was video store time, I don't think this was was uh, was on the walls anymore.
0: That's fair. So, I, so I'm going to make a really weird correlation here, which you will appreciate. Uh, so you know that I am absolutely obsessed with Harry Styles and I think he's generational talent and I cannot get enough of this kid. Uh, he, the aesthetic of River Phoenix in this movie is a lot like what Harry Styles is now, just like the 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 hair, the floppy hair, and the the way he dresses. Like, there's a lot of like, he, I don't know if he's intentionally pulling from River Phoenix, but like, strong, strong,
1: yeah, yeah. Are you excited to see him in Star Fox?
0: I love him. He really can't. The only thing that I don't love about him is that he played a role in Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis no longer being married. But uh, other than that, I can't wait for him to do anything. I think he's so much fun. I think he's great. Nice.
1: All right, so we got our fast five. I've already mentioned one, which was Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I'm going to throw Clueless in here because even though Christian is almost the, we have a gay friend joke character. He's but they also sort of give him a little more than that. And I and, and I, I think that's okay. And then lastly I had Shape of Water, which uh where where the neighbor I haven't seen it. You know, it's it's a weird movie, and and in a lot of ways it's a storyline. This is gonna sound funny, because it's a highly original story that you have seen before.
0: That yeah, the, so the only reason I want to see it is because of Del Toro, and I Otherwise, I don't want to see it. So like, I'm going to watch it. I have it. Like, it's a movie I'm going to watch. But like every time I sit down, I'm like, oh, let's watch a movie. I'm never like, you know what I want? Fish love. It's just not a thing. Like, it's not a thing I want to watch.
1: Yeah, this, I would guess this is a, you could probably predict most of the movie. Yep. Um, You know, it's, it's sort of in the category of why I didn't bother watching Avatar. I'm like, I bet it's brilliant and gorgeous, but I kind of feel like I've seen it before. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's right.
0: Uh, so we've we've done all of the ones that I had with one exception, and then I want to talk about one movie really quick. So Rocky Horror Picture Show, I feel like we just um, oh. like deserves a nod because Tim Curry's the for sure, for, for sure, great, great little catch. And so the one that I wanted to bring up is uh, To Wong Fu. Thanks for everything, love, Julie Newmar. So that's Never saw about- it by the way. Okay, so I have seen it like more than once, and like remember it a very particular way, but like in uh, thinking about it, God, is this the one? This is Wesley Snipes, I believe. Snipes, Leguizamo, and and uh, why can't I think of his name? Oh my God, nobody puts baby in a corner. What's his name?
1: Patrick Swayze. Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because this is comes out I think within the same year as Priscilla, so. This is, this is it's all coming full circle. So okay.
0: I had never heard of Priscilla. And in in remembering this movie, I started to think about it. And I'm like, I think this movie is a problem. Like, I don't think it's good. Like, I, I'm I like, know. quickly thinking about it. I'm like, no, you know what? Like, it's, it's about drag queens. And it's about gay men. And then I started thinking about the actual movie itself. And I was like, ooh. Like a lot of stereotypes, straight dudes, not, I'm like, okay, maybe this is, maybe my memory's wrong. And I'm like, now that I'm thinking about it and like, you know, the new world we live in, I'm like, oh, maybe it wasn't great. So I looked it up. And basically if you type in two, is too Wang Fu the first word that Google puts up is problematic. And I was like, okay, that's probably not a great sign. And the first three articles I read, everybody was like, it's like discount Priscilla, Priscilla where Priscilla did a lot of
1: things, right? This movie did all those things wrong. Interesting, and and I remember it coming out, and I remember, I remember the vibe on it wasn't strong, and that was kind of that. It was just you know the vibe on Priscilla was it was huge, and the vibe on this was not. So yes, yeah, so my mattered. memory
0: of it is basically that like they they do a lot of racist stereotyping between Leguizamo and Snipes, and in again my memory of it, they actually don't really dive into the gay part much. It's more like. Mm-hmm. Using cross dressing as a trope, which kind of sucks. So I don't, I don't know. I, the reason I bring it up is because, like, I'd be interested to hear from people in the community, like, what the, their thought on it is. Because, like, you know, representation matters, but bad representations worse. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know what That's I mean? Right. So, but most importantly, uh, it is Pride Month, and uh, I'm I'm stoked, and I love seeing the support, and I love how far it's come. Uh, even in my lifetime, like just like, like I said, there was a lot of people in my life who were very important to me, who are members of that community, and getting to see, like, I don't know, just getting to see it change, and and also just as a quick caveat, like art doesn't exist without this community. Like it's such an important part. Like it's crazy to think that you know people enjoy anything about art and could be bigoted in any way towards the people. <laughs> the LBGTQ plus community because they're like at the center of all of it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, my my whole thing has become like I've really reduced my narrative to at the end of the day, there are a lot more of us that accept that everybody on this planet deserves their rights, their freedoms, their liberties, their love, their everything. And to those of you who think that uh, they don't, there's less of you than there are of us.
0: Yeah, and, and less and less by the minute. So happy Pride Month and uh thanks for listening, y'all. See you next week. I think there's something you should know. I think it's time I told you so. Something deep inside of me. There's someone else I got to be. Take back your picture in the frame. Take back your singing in the rain. I just hope you understand. Sometimes the clothes do not make the man. Take these lies and make them true songs